sometimes it's better to just let go of a business rather than to be stuck just kind of getting all the debt in the world to try and save it. Welcome to Adulting with Joy Spring, the how-tos of your 20s told by 20-something, traversing through life expectantly and with gusto. With everything that's going on in the world, do you feel like your whole fitness journey has been derailed? Do you miss having another person to work out with? A personal trainer maybe? Or even your friends? I've been struggling with working out at home too and it's a good thing that I found Fit Crew Philippines, your fitness partner at home. They provide personal training, group training, and even Zumba classes with licensed coaches all live via video call so you get that human connection and stay fit. Check them out on Instagram at fitcrew underscore ph and use the code JOYCEXFITCREW to get your first session for free. If you like this podcast and want to support our team, visit anchor.fm slash joyspring to make a monthly donation. Not only will you keep adulting with Joyspring going, when you donate, you help in feeding my dog Bowie and making this world a better place. Visit anchor.fm slash joyspring and click support to give me and this podcast your hard-earned money. Why you would do it, I have no idea, but thanks in advance. Hello and welcome to another episode of Adulting with Joy Spring. And today is a very early Tuesday morning at 6.30 a.m. And I'm up this early because we've got a guest from halfway across the world. She is a serial entrepreneur. She is passionate about business and she is very, very successful in her work. Please welcome on the show, Kate Hancock, everybody. Hi, Kate. Hi, Joyce. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited to get a Filipino on the show who's just killing it halfway across the world with her businesses. Kate, why don't you tell us more about yourself and the businesses that you're doing right now? Hi, everyone. So I'm Kate Hancock. I actually grew up in the Philippines. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have two kids. I'm a mom of two boys. Of course, I'm proud Pinay. I founded the OC Facial Center. It's a win- award-winning spa in California. I also created Bintana Separate. So it's a boutique hotel in Camigan in the Philippines. Philippines and both of my businesses are shut down right now so I'm pivoting into a media company called IBH Media and that stands for inspired by her and my big hairy audacious goal is to inspire 1 billion people from all over the world how do we do that is by highlighting female entrepreneurs journey triumphs challenges and you know that's how we can inspire people that's incredible I love how when the business is shut down as it did for a lot of people you immediately thought about pivoting the business and thinking of new ways that you could actually be creative and be an entrepreneur that is really a serial entrepreneur's uh, mindset right but how did you get into that kind of mindset was that something that you grew up having around you or was it something that you developed you know what I actually grew up in a family business in the Philippines income again so but I think over time when you kind of start from scratch and you kind of figure out and see the pattern and you know when to switch and pivot. You have to make decision right away. You can't be indecisive and mm-hmm. that's one thing that you need to have. You have to make a decision right away. Mm-hmm. You know when it's time to make change. You know when it's time to pivot. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, as with creatives and entrepreneurs alike, that's the one mindset and the one characteristic that we must all have. Knowing that intuitive factor of, okay, this is the time for me to stay in this 
business and this is a time for me to pivot and change and to kind of let it go and and I feel like that takes a lot of courage you know it's it's not one of those things that you just stumble upon and you're like yeah I'm just gonna leave the business that I've been working on for five years because I need to pivot right now it's one of those things that you really have to be brave enough about to do that work but I want to hear about your story and how you grew up in the Philippines and how you found yourself in the U.S. Did you grow up in the Philippines until you were like in college and then you you went to college in the States? What was the story like? You know, I actually grew up in this tiny island in Camagan and I went to college in Cagayan de Oro. So I speak Cebuano full, actually. So I moved out right after college and I started getting these smaller jobs. And finally, I land into selling stuff online through Amazon. And I actually started with $20. I was bored. It was a boring day. It was a Costco, right? And so I started listing stuff online. So that $20, I actually purchased a box and a tape and I started fulfilling orders. And after a year, I made it a million. And in six years, I sold over $15 million of products through doing product arbitrage. What does that mean is you buy low, sell high, and that's what it I had been doing the last few years and through that I was able to scale it with businesses that complement with the e-commerce business so I was able to create a spa because that's related right it's cross cross pollination and spa is a hospitality business and that's how I created the boutique hotel in the Philippines you know the funny thing Joyce is the hotel business in the Philippines it actually started as an Airbnb just one room and that one room you know I've been declining six months in advance and I was like you know I have an opportunity and that one tiki hot room turned into two locations now so my goal is actually to build one resort per year in a regional area so again knowing when to scale is a key you need to have your data in front of you and you have to make sure you know what you're doing mm. Mm. That's incredible business story. I mean, you know, being able to scale that quickly and to take your money from $20 to multi-figure million dollars, you know, it's it's crazy. Um, but what, what were the characteristics and the skill sets that you think you had to work on to be able to do that? Because I feel like what you were saying was you were really scaling, you were multiplying whatever it was that you already had and you were like, okay, how do I make this big or how do I make this bigger than it already is? You know, you were saying no, to clients six months in advance. So you had to figure out a way to to scale it and make it big. But what were the characteristics you think as a businesswoman that you had to improve on and that you had to really develop for you to be able to do that? You need to have grit. You need to have a strong grit. Grit is that's when you know you quickly adapt when you have a step back and you need to have a strong resilience and you can't be tied into one business if one business fail don't get emotional attachment to it learn to let it go right if you know it's not working why you keep on you know staying to that business you you have to make that quick decision now how do you scale a business well it's not easy being an entrepreneur is not for everyone a you have to make sure you have the right people when you hire the right people they're in the right bus they will go in the right direction right so it's so important and you have to have a strong EUS or the entrepreneur's operating system and that needs to be like your process and procedure needs to be documented 
did well. And that's how when someone tries to acquire you, then your valuation of a company will go in higher multiple. And you have to create a great product. You have to have a strong core values or vision because that's how everyone operates. That's your written walls. That's how all your teams make a decision. And you need to have a working capital. Working capital is your cash. It's like a gas in your car. You can't run without gas. Mm. That's how you can scale a business. Mm. And so many right now who are scaling down their businesses, but then there are also some people who have found pain points during this pandemic that they're actually able to create new businesses, which is precisely what you're doing right now. Kate, have you always wanted to become a businesswoman? Has this been the long, long dream? No, I wasn't actually planning on being an entrepreneur, to be honest. It's not something like I've always been dreaming of. It's just, I think, you know, I think I have the traits. I think I have that hustle in me. I think I have that drive, that drive of really not giving up. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, but I never really dream of being an entrepreneur, to be honest. Yeah. What what was the big dream before, if I may ask? In the beginning, I wanted to be a doctor, but I didn't really have money to do that and take so long. So thank God I decided not to become a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Next question. You know, I think also right now, a lot of people, as I mentioned, are starting their businesses and looking for pain points that have that they want to address you know whenever there's a crisis i feel like there's also opportunities for a lot of entrepreneurs to start creating businesses that will address pain points now we've got a question here from lj borje one of our listeners and she asks what are the characteristics that you've developed while running your business personally and what's one trait you think that has brought you to where you are right now apart from grit which we talked about and apart from all the skill set that you were talking about about scaling yeah so I think those are the two important resilience is so important mm-hmm. and you quickly adapting and making a decision though I think those are the important traits and especially in this crisis you know I would not start a business right now to be honest I mean unless you are solving a problem it's COVID related, you're selling PPE or people are moving out to, you know, in the role, I mean, in the other areas and you, and you are a moving company, then that makes sense, right? As long as it's relevant and it's something that you're solving right now, then go for it. But to be honest, there's a lot of opportunity right now on acquiring businesses and you can do it by doing it ethically because why would you start a business startup right now when we all know even before COVID, 80% of startups fail. Why? Because 42% doesn't have any market demand and 29% will be run out of money. So what I do, I'm actually in a position in acquiring businesses with at least a million dollar revenue and with a $200,000 profit. Because why? When you acquire a business with that kind, you have instant customer, you have instant sale, instant system, instant process, and you already have an instant recognition and you can help save the economy and you can employ people. That is a great thing to do. That's smart. That's really smart because entrepreneurs would keep talking about creating businesses, but it's only smart entrepreneurs who would say you should acquire businesses in in an ethical way, which is really important as well. I think also one of the good things that one of the things that you're very, very good at is marketing your businesses. So I see it on your website. You've got your YouTube channel. You're hosting your own podcast show. Kate, how do you promote your small business so that people will recognize it? Because even with Bintana, 
which is practically pretty new. I was looking at the Instagram and you guys have thousands of followers on Instagram. How do you do that? How do you build your audience? You know what, Joyce, first of all, when you create a business, you have to know your why. What was the reason why you're creating this company, right? And that's the reason why people will buy your products or services. You have to know how to story tell. It's very important into, you know, promoting your small company online. You have to learn how to story tell, but at the same time, you have to be super genuine about it. You have to be make sure you, you know, you stick to the core principle of your brand. You don't have to go crazy to be edgy just to be relevant, right? Because that's, you don't want to lose that long-term value of your brand. So you stick to that core principle. So storytelling is a big, big key for me. I think I'm a good storyteller. If you don't know how to do copywriting, then hire an expert to do co- to be a copywriter. Like hire people that are the best that you're not good at. That's the key. Mm, mm. And don't be afraid to delegate, right? Because I feel like sometimes entrepreneurs and business owners, the number one sickness that we've got is we always try to do everything because we're all type A personalities. So we try to be control freaks about everything. But you don't know that your success actually depends also on the team that you're hiring. If your team is very good at the thing that they're supposed to do, your business will be successful. Now, we've got a couple of questions here from our listeners of the podcast because we did tell them that you were going to be on the show and they're very curious about the businesses that you're doing and how you scaled it. And we've got a great question again from LJ who asks, if you could speak to your younger self who's just starting out, what would you tell her? Oh my God, in the beginning, I wish I have the financial fluency. We really need to know our bottom line. We need to understand how much it costs to or a new customer. It's not all about your profit margin or zero. So what is the, right? So know your bottom line. You need to know your back office. You have to make sure you're profitable. You need to start paying yourself. We don't know how much you're worth. Then look at for the market value as a business owner, how much you should get paid. So you need to learn those things. Okay, so we were talking about earlier how, you know, it's it's really not the time to to start a business, but for many people it is the only way that they'll be able to survive if they keep their businesses running or if they start a small business. So Felchris Lim actually asked, in this slack season, how will you know when it's time to quit your business? Because we were talking about that earlier. You should know when to scale up or down. How do you know if it's time to quit your business and move on to something else? Okay, so if your business are not making any money right now and you're burdened in debt, it's time for you to move on and find a new opportunity. Now, if your business is hurting and you know when the economy will be open and motivated anymore, maybe find a partner that could run your dreams for you or exit and sell and, you know, make a profit and start something new. I mean, you, you, it depends on what really is your goal. But don't wait and sit there even though it's not making you any money anymore and you're covered with debt. It's time for you to move on. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to just let go of a business rather than to be stuck just kind of getting all the debt in the world to try and save it. And, you know, I think the the thing that would 
often stop entrepreneurs from quitting their business is thinking that I can still save this. I just need more money. I just need more capital. But what you realize is with any business, it's not just about your capital. It's also about your market. It's about, you know, your consumers. It's about everything that's going on right now with the environment. Are people willing to buy your product at this point in time? So I feel like you're right. You know, it's better to just quit and make profit out of whatever it is that you already have, sell it and restart into something new. Now, I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they've, they create multiple businesses. And for you as well, you've created multiple businesses from your spa business to, you know, the boutique hotel. Um, are there, what are your KPIs? Like, how do you measure your success per business when they're so different from each other? Yeah. Okay. So 10% is about the average net profit all across different industry, right? I, again, it, it varies industry, but the average pro- net profit across the board is 10%. If you're at a 20%, then that's really good. And if it's 5%, that's really low. So I stick to the 20% net profit margin. And that's when I have a good business. That's net profit margin, not gross profit margin. Yeah. After all the taxes and after all the dues that you have to pay for, that has to be the amount of money that you're making. And I feel like it's so important because knowing your numbers sometimes mean knowing your business. If you don't know your numbers, if you don't know how much money you're spending and how much money you're earning, your business will tank just because you don't know your numbers. So always think about that, knowing your numbers. Now, you you run a couple of businesses and I feel like, you know, you're very gritty. You know what you want. You know what you want to be able to achieve with your businesses and with your career. But are there days that you feel unmotivated or you don't feel like, you know, you feel stressed, you feel tired? How do you deal with that? And how do you deal with your businesses during those tough days? You know, it's it's very common. You get burnout. Once that happened to me, what I do is I would take a break and go on vacation to my favorite place. And then when you're there, you know, you get like, oh, you know what? I, I keep, I, I love this and I get motivated. But I think the key to really run a business, you really need to make sure you need to stick, you need to commit the highest level of discipline to focus on what is important that is self-care, especially in this time where we're all anxious and we're super stressed. I try to sit at least 30 minutes a day sitting in a sauna because you need to have mental clarity when making business decisions. So you got to take care of yourself. I learned how to meditate more than ever. I do breath works. It's very important. So meditation and self-care. And I feel like that's so overlooked because when you look at any of the entrepreneurship Instagrams or the motivational stuff, it's always grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. And they overlook, you know, self-care. And how did you kind of discover that for yourself? Did you go into a burnout phase and then you figured out, okay, I need to set aside a regular time for myself? For me to be able to be healthier and do my work better. Yeah, it took me a long time to to get that. I was on our way in a family trip to Europe and I was in so much pain. My nerves are just exploding. I didn't realize how unhealthy my lifestyle is. And I can't even lay down because my back pain is so severe and that's from anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. And over the last six years, I was just not sleeping well. I wasn't healthy. I was just all about growth, world domination, 
what? What's the point when you're going to bulldoze yourself and you can't even enjoy the fruit of your labor because you're not very healthy? Mm. So um, I think a really good balance and being mindful to everything, I think it's so important. And I actually wrote this in, in my bathroom. I said that body, balance, and business, right? Like I do create a, a ritual for body. Like at least I said a juice or meditate at least 20 minutes a day of workout, make sure I drink a gallon of water. And for balance, I made sure I communicate to my friends and family. And for business, I made sure I help other entrepreneurs. That way I, you know, because I think the more you help people, the more, you know, it will bring you more success. Mm-hmm. The more you give, the more you get. It's not a reason for giving, but, you know, the more you give, the more you get. How do you strike that balance, Kate? How do you strike the balance of focusing on your career and your business and still being able to connect with the people that you love and that you care for and at the same time really set aside time for helping others and entrepreneurs who are kind of like, who are like you? Yeah, so um, I learned that to be control freak like you said you mentioned that I it took me a while to realize that if you wanted to do it all you're only as good as your hand can reach and you don't want to do that you can't really scale a business but are you doing it all of it so I made sure I have my number two my integrator and that's my husband he does everything I hate doing and I only focus on do what I love to do <laughs> so find that integrator and then you just do on a strategy because as a CEO that's all you're supposed to do you you're not doing the flipping the burgers or responding emails to your customer. You have to learn how to delegate and have your team do that for you Mm. and focus on the most important things. And that strategy, grow, look at your numbers. Yeah. Strategy is number one. When you've got your plan laid out for you, it's easier to delegate the tasks that need to be done for you to be able to achieve that plan. And finally, Kate, if you had the chance to speak to your younger self and kind of brief her as to everything that will happen for the rest of your life, that little girl who was living in Kamigin, what would you tell her? Get financial fluency. It's it's super important for you to know your numbers, know how much it costs to acquire a customer. You have to make sure you know your back office. You have to make sure you pay yourself if you don't know how much you're worth and look at what is the market value of you running a company. And you have to know your bottom line. It's just important. You can't run a business. The company is above you. Like you can't just not like not know your number. You really, and especially in the Philippines, we are not taught to really learn how to budget. I've seen it. I've seen it in some of my family unfortunately they keep on running a business even though it's not profitable and that's not very smart yeah and it's just one of those things that you that i think a lot of filipinos including myself we had to learn the hard way because that wasn't taught in school i mean obviously it's one of the things that we talk about on the podcast hopefully you know they start talking about budgeting and financial fluency in school because it's something that we don't really learn about until you're in your first job and you're like how come i lost all my money and i have no idea how to save it's because it was never Ever taught to us. But but finally, Kate, do you have any message or encouragement to all the business owners who are listening in right now, especially young business owners who are in their 20s, you know, starting out with their businesses, with their careers on how to really scale and grow their businesses and not be afraid to do that? Okay, I, I would recommend if you're just starting a new business, start small, start very small, do test the market. And if you're getting traction, then put a gas pedal and that's when you can explore, you know, potential opportunities in that business. Like start small, especially if you're 
by yourself, you don't have any funding, start small and then you know when it's right time, then go for it. How do you know if it's the right time to scale? You know when you have enough customer that you keep on declining <laughs> your customer, but at the same time, you have to make sure you're making profit, right? Profit first and you have to change your mindset when you're, you're scaling. Your team should not be the same when you're at one store compared to when you have two to ten store. You need to have enough people to run it. The mindset of having 10 store is different from one store. If you are going to think that same people is going to run your company running in one store, you're up for disaster. Mm. So you have to scale your business the same way that you're also scaling your teams because you can't make the same people do the same things over and over again. And obviously that won't work because, you know, you, you'll drive your, your people exhausted and you're just going to get everyone tired. But yeah, thank you so much, Kate for making the time. I know that you are traveling from wherever you live all the way to Arizona and we're trying to make do of the interview while you're in transit. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Joyce. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Well, uh, why don't you invite everyone to check out your website and your social media accounts? Yes, so go to katehancock.com and I do run a podcast called Inspired by Her Podcast and I can't wait, Joyce, to be in my show. So, uh, yeah, Yay! Go Pinai, right? So go to katehancock.com. Instagram, I have official Kate Hancock. I do mentorship too. So go check out katehancock.com. And thank you for having me. Thank you, Kate. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Kate. That's it for this episode of Adulting with Joy Spring. If you liked this podcast, please don't forget to use the hashtag Adulting with Joy Spring and also check out www.joyspring.com for the show notes and tag me on social media with you know it at Joy Spring. I'll talk to you guys again soon. Paalam. I got a question for you. Have you ever wanted to create your own podcast or your own show? Probably something like this. Well, if so, you should definitely check out Spring Studio.